0: Hi there, I'm Kathy Valentin, and this is the Good, the God, and the Ugly Podcast, where we're talking about the good, the God, and the ugly moments of life. Life is just full of ups and downs, but there is a treasure to be found in every challenge. Join me as I talk with people that have impacted my life, those who have found a treasure in a challenge, or whom simply I just love and want you to meet. Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast again, and today we're going to talk about the good the God and ugly of my life. And I wanted to welcome Abby Stumvall. She's going to be um, interviewing me today. Oh, I'm so excited. Abby has been a great friend. She's a fellow podcaster. She's a wife and a speaker and a consultant. And I don't think there's anything that you haven't
1: done, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> and well, the older you get, the more things you can say are on your resume. That is true. And I, I, I would I say the same author, about you. I
0: can add author to my name. And
1: podcaster. And
0: podcast. I am a podcaster.
1: Yes, you are. I'm so excited um, to talk to you because we're talking about the good, the bad, and... Um, the good, the God, and the ugly. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait a second. I know <laughs> this you wanna say this is not good, bad, working right. So the good, the that. god and the ugly. And there's some you are one of the most faithful, wonderful, loving towards God humans I've known in the midst of going through all I mean, you've gone through a lot of persevering circumstances. Yeah, we have. <laughs> Do you, how about I will admit to
0: that. I will.
1: Admit, <laughs> what are a few of the things that you think have been some of the greatest things you've persevered through?
0: Well, definitely number 1 was probably our business. Ugh. Um that was a lot of perseverance. That was a lot of blood, sweat and tears. More tears than blood and sweat. Um, <laughs> if people don't know what happened, what what happened. We um through a lot of prophetic words from different people, we had opportunity to buy a business when we were in Weaverville. And we ended up doing that with no capital. Um, It was a miracle that it even happened. And because we were undercapitalized, things were challenging every single day, you know, and we were young. We were just kids. I think I was 20. Wow. 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 I mean, we're not talking about being adults. We're talking about.
1: Your brains aren't even fully formed at that point. I know. (laughs) That's amazing and highly stressful. Very stressful. And we had no family around.
0: So it wasn't like we had encouragement. Um, It was just the two of us and our kids. And we ended up, we ended up, we had tons of work in the part, in the, um, the repair shops. But we grew so fast that we didn't have the capital behind us to sustain us. So it's mm. every dollar that came in was spent right. somewhere. And it wasn't like we had a savings account where we could draw from or a credit line because we had mm. no credit. You know, we were just newbies. We were just You're learning babies. as we, we were learning as we went, you know, as we went along and um it was just challenging. We we ended up running or starting nine businesses Whew. and most of the time we had four going at all at the same
1: time oh my word so that
0: was you know that was a lot that was really stressful um learning how to do life learning how to do business learning how to raise family <laughs> learning
1: how to be a wife I mean oh name it, we're, I was having to do it all well we were just talking about how old were you when you had had all of your children 22 okay so by 22 you guys are having businesses no capital and you have 3 kids mm-hmm. and you don't have family that's supporting you around you right. and you're figuring everything out by yourself right that is overwhelming
0: it was overwhelming um it was a lot of fun you know it's life you know life is a lot of fun and it's a lot of challenges <laughs> there's is things that true. you have to you know persevere through push through um wish you didn't do Um, things you wish you did do
1: (laughs) you know you just
0: you're on a big huge learning curve oh yeah and so you know for me i think our business we ended up for those of you don't know we ended up losing everything Mm. we lost our house that we built and raised our kids in
1: oh Um, man
0: our cars were repossessed um wake up at two in the morning to somebody stealing our cars oh call the sheriff's department Sheriff the the dispatcher's like I'm sorry Mr. Valletto and your cars weren't stolen they were repossessed. Oh my word. That was in the midst of everything that we were going through financially and yeah as a family lost our businesses. It's you know when you have everything stripped down to bare naked it's pretty humbling. Oh and you so humbling.
1: Yeah, you look at life a little bit different like what's important, what's not important. What do you feel? I mean, I'm feeling so much hope as you're telling this horrible story <laughs> because I'm like, oh, you lost everything. And that wasn't the end of your life. That no, wasn't, wasn't where it ended. But what are some of the things you learned and like the the gifts that you got from that season?
0: Um, you're stronger than you think you are. Mm. You're a lot stronger than you think you are. You can go through way more than you ever imagined you could. Mm. I can remember, I can remember laying on a futon upstairs in our, in our house, just screaming at God saying, I don't understand. We had one prophetic word after another, after another, after another. Mm. And yet this is where we end up. We didn't ask for this. We were felt like it was put on us and like, God, if, if, you know, do you love me?
1: Right. Do
0: you really love me? Yes. Family that's the ugly part of it <laughs> but that's life you know mm. it's you, what you question God you question what you heard yeah um, it was it just it, it was it was a difficult time of life and you're raising little kids you know trying to provide for them and not having anything you know them not having money to buy things that they want mm. even at Christmas time I can remember I can remember um, going to pizza after church to eat dinner on a Sunday. And they were having a drawing and it was a we got a ticket for this pizza and we put it in the, you know, the ticket box. Mm-hmm. And it was for this Defender game. You know the old mm-hmm. Defender games? It was a very full-size video game, like wow an arcade game. So I put the ticket in and we were over at the Johnson's for a Christmas dinner and I got a phone call saying from the pizza parlor, come down here, you won something. Oh, thought, oh, you know, maybe we won a pizza or something. We won the grand prize. We won the oh. different game. And what was so awesome about it is that Christmas, the kids, all they wanted was a Nintendo. Oh. We had no money for Christmas. I mean, if we had $10 to spend on each of them, it was going to be a miracle. Right. And, you know, for God to say, I heard what you said you wanted, oh. what the kids wanted, and to give us this full-size <laughs> Defender arcade game. It was just, you know, really precious in the midst of a hard, tough situation. But it was, you know, one one more way of the Lord saying, I, I got you. I know what you need. I'm listening I'm hearing you. But sometimes what we think we need and what we really need are two different things. Yeah. And through perseverance, you know, it just builds character, it builds um trust, it builds faith. It it just yeah, when you go through hard times, it's actually I don't want to say a blessing. And I wouldn't want to do it over again. (laughs) (laughs) Hear me God. I don't want to do it over again. (laughs) But I am happy that I went through it because I learned so much. Mm. We wouldn't be able we wouldn't be the people that we are today without going through hard times. Oh yeah. Seeing if there is light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I think has been most for me impactful about you and Chris is um cuz let's see i came here 10 over 10 years ago so i was in my 20s back then <laughs> we won't say which number but in the 20s and um being around people who were like you're going to make it through this and yeah. knowing that you actually faced the same blocks of like i don't know i can i'm going to make it through this but then you did yeah like because even just the strength that you have to give the people around you you guys are like those oaks of righteousness oaks of righteousness Righteousness, planted on the water um where you provide shade for all the people around you and there's been so many times in my own personal journey of like seeing what you've been through and seeing that you made it to the other side that actually gives me courage and strength
0: i think part of it is a mindset like Mm -hmm. philippians 4 6 through 8 is my verses you know watch Watch out what your mind is dwelling on and then dwell on these things. Mm -hmm. Things are good, things that are pure, things that are righteous. Um (laughs) Chris always says that I could get hit by a Mac truck or hit by a truck and I would come out with a saying, Well, at least it wasn't yeah, at least it wasn't a Mac truck (laughs) or you know, I'm always looking for the good in the midst of the bad. And I think so many times we get so discouraged and so down that it's easy just to give up and give in Mm -hmm. when the Lord is saying, no, fight, persevere, push, push, push,
1: take one more step, one more Mm -hmm. step. That's so good. Yeah. Tell me how, so you went through all of that and then you, you made it out to the other side after losing everything in your business. How did that, the things you'd persevered through actually empower you after that? Because then I I've seen a lot of the things skills you learned in that season you've used since then I have um
0: our kids started getting married when they were really young too and Jamie was our first um, child to get married and of course we had no money in fact the joke was Chris had put a little nest egg aside for a garage he had to build a garage in our mm-hmm. house and uh
1: uh-huh.
0: and every year one of the kids were getting married and so he lost that money and he never he never to this day got his garage oh in, in um weaverville but since we didn't have money we had to be i had to become really creative because of course every woman wants the wedding of her dreams mm-hmm. and the wedding of your dreams usually costs a lot of money <laughs> i fed 300 people, well, no, it was probably about 250 people, bought a dress, had a carriage, and was outside by a river for $3,500.
1: Oh my gosh. And was Kathy Valentin, you're a creative genius. <laughs> 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 That's unbelievable.
0: And then I did the same thing for Shannon and then the same thing for Jason. Wow. Starting. But you know, you learn how to stretch things, you learn how to do things different, you learn how to look for a bargain, you learn how to do all those things to make something happen. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money to make something beautiful. I yeah. mean, the weddings were absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. They had a carriage. Oh. One of them had pigeons that when they kissed they oh. in the box and all these homing pigeons flew around them. There there was a train trestle, a train track above them and Jamie was singing a song to Marty and Oh. The train was coming. Bill was trying to help keep her on beat, thinking she was going to miss it because the train was so loud. And and it was really funny because it, the song was Nothing's going to Stop Us Now. Oh. And so it was
1: just, it was perfect. That's amazing.
0: But because of, um, you know, having to be creative and, and meal planning and prepping and stuff for the wedding, I thought, if I could do this for the wedding, I could do this for other things. And mm-hmm. so that's where my catering came in.
1: Yeah. Out and learning how to stretch a dollar. And, oh, yeah. And then you did that for years at, at all the Bethel conferences. You would feed all of the <laughs> leaders, all of the people coming in your home. You found ways to do that. So it's interesting when you, like, your faithfulness in persevering mm-hmm. created um, gifts for so many people. Yeah. Which has been great because that's,
0: that's really who I am, you know, hospitality and servanthood. So being able to... Um, exercise that and then being able to use it in the church was really, mm-hmm. really
1: fun. Tell me, how do you have, how do you have hope when you're in really hard cir- circumstances? I can look back um,
0: and just see what the Lord's done. I mean, mm-hmm. I can look back at situation over situation over situation and say the Lord showed up here and the Lord showed up there and the outcome of the situation may not have been exactly what I thought it was going to be. But it was just what I needed it to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our God is faithful. He's always true. He knows what's the best from us for best for us. And knowing that he knew knew our beginning, he knew before we began, and he knows what our ending is going to be. And he's a loving daddy. I mean, he's not, you know, this God with a cracking whip driving his kids. You know, he has open arms. Extend it out to them.
1: Do you think that going like having to persevere has actually built your history with His faithfulness? Oh, I'm sure it has. Because I don't think we're done <laughs>
0: yet either. No,
1: absolutely <laughs> not. You, know, you just wrote a new book. I know. You're just getting started. Sixties, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Life
0: is interesting.
1: Yeah. Um. Tell me this. What do you feel like, what do you do with seasons where um, you haven't seen the promises of God unfolded yet? I'm sure you have promises still that you haven't seen unfolded yet. How do you walk through that? Um, I was thinking about this the other
0: day. I think for, sometimes the older you get, Life is a challenge. I think fear rises up inside of you thinking my best days are behind me. Mm. And therefore, this is what the younger people do, not what older women do.
1: So good, Kathy. Um,
0: and I think it's a mindset that we as women and, and men deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm learning that instead of giving into my fears, I'm learning to persevere and push through them. Like Jay, my son, um, one of my sons, we just went on a hunt and elk hunt. Ooh, which that was really fun.
1: And you know, we all—honey, have- moms out there go on hunts, elk hunts <laughs> with their sons. You're just <laughs> the best. You're a caterer and a hunter. <laughs> you create all parts of the meal. It was—it was fun, but it. You know, when Jay first asked me, he
0: said, Mom, you know, let's, let's, we, usually we do a hunt together every year for the last three years, two years. Mm-hmm. But it's been kind of a different type of hunt. He said, This will be out in the wilderness. Mm. We'll be in a state that I'm not going to say what state it is. Oh, um, it's a secret. Um, and he said, We may even be able to do this hunt on horseback. Well, everybody knows I have horses and I was all excited about that. But yet, this fear inside me like, Oh gosh, that's something that I haven't done before. Mm. And so far away and there's snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of trying to come up with every excuse of why not to do this. (laughs) Like, Jay, I don't know about this. I don't know how I could do that with Parkinson's. And, and he goes, mom, you only live life once. Oh, I'm like, Oh, that's so true. And I kept, going over my head what am I so afraid of mm. and I thought I'm not going to let that fear stop me from persevering I'm not going to let that fear stop me from doing the things that you know I want to do mm. even though I think maybe I'm getting too old or I shouldn't be doing these things and so we said okay ask the guy if you know he's still able to bring his horses up and we'll think about doing this well, about two weeks later we were doing it Wow, and three three foot snow drifts. Zero oh my de- word! Zero degrees outside. Thirty mile, twenty five to thirty mile an hour wind gusts. Oh gust. gosh! We had the first day we went looking for these elk, and they were like way, way, way. You couldn't see them with your naked eye. You had to have binoculars. Oh day. my gosh! And then so we decided we need some decoys. The horses make great decoys because there's wild horses out there too. Oh, and the elk are used to seeing them. So we all we took three there was three of us and plus a pack horse and we went and found these elk and took a five hundred and fifty four yard shot. Woo dropped her the first time. Get it, girl, yes. So I thought after I did it, I thought that was so good for me because Mm -hmm. in my mind I'm thinking, I shouldn't be doing these things or I should be stopping doing what my heart loves. And I thought, why? Why do we stop doing what our heart loves? Just because of a limitation that people put on us, why does that have to be there? Like I can walk just fine, I can stand the withstand the cold just fine. Why not do it? Yeah, but we sometimes felt that voice in our head talk us out of things absolutely, and so I thought, no, I'm gonna persevere, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna push in and and just do those things. I mean, we bought a bass boat two years ago. So Jay and I go bass fishing all the time Oh, and riding horses and
1: just, yeah, why not? You're living your life. I'm living You're my life. You're not letting circumstances make your life smaller. Right. Which is courageous and beautiful and really empowering. And so many people, I think it's easy when you face a, a thing that could be limiting or could feel limiting, yeah. like a, a physical thing. They just shut down.
0: It becomes a label and I don't have to, I don't, you know, it's not like I'm trying to deny it. There's sure. things that I know of that I, there are things that I know that I can do. Yeah. And there's things that I know that I can't do. Like the guys, I'm like, I might not be able to get off this horse very well without <laughs> some help. Or Absolutely. in the snow drifts, I can't lift my legs up as high. Right. As I used to be, you know, to even get up on this horse. Yeah. And they just did a makeshift. Oh. You yep. Know? On one leg and a. Swing over with the other. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was like
1: I did it, and it's finding a creative way instead of avoiding it. Like I may yeah. not be able to do that. It's like I'm going to do it, and we'll find creative ways yeah, around I just the got limitations. All my
0: limitations that I knew that I would maybe have there, I got them out of the way, and it's like, okay, so what's stopping you? Well, nothing, I guess. Except for me,
1: tell me about how you how you connect to God in the midst of. Um, having Parkinson's and what your relationship with him is like around that?
0: Oh. um, Wow. There's so many ups and downs and emotions that you go through. And when I first found out, I was pretty much in denial. Oh, yeah. I think I had Parkinson's for probably three years before I was ever diagnosed. And there's not... Really, it's a clinical diagnosis is based upon what you can do and what you can't do. Is mm-hmm. how they say you have Parkinson's, and I had symptoms like for three years, man. And so I finally went into the doctor just to see, if, you know, what they said, and they sent me to a neurosurgeon or a neuro, neurologist, not a neurosurgeon. And he said, "Yep, you have Parkinson's," and I, I didn't even know what to think. You know, when you think something. It, one thing, but when you get a diagnosis, it's like reality is setting in. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'm not going to shrivel up and die. And I love that. That's your first decision.
1: Yeah. That's an important decision. And you know,
0: I don't know if this is wrong or right, but I didn't even, I didn't want to go on the internet. I didn't want to know about the disease. I didn't want to stereotype myself into this. Well, at this stage, this is what happens. And then next stage this is what happens and then the next stage this is what happens and then there's a the final stage it's like I don't have I don't have to partner with that it's not like I wasn't trying to live in reality but I just didn't want to feed my self with negative thoughts because I didn't want to I didn't want my thoughts to limit me mm. and so um I just drew closer into God saying god this this isn't perfect health for me this isn't perfect peace for me I pray that over myself all the time, you know, just give me your perfect peace and your perfect health. Mm. And there's, you know, things will ebb and flow in my bodies where there's times where I feel way better now than I did before. Wow. Things that I couldn't do before that I can do now. That's amazing. Um, so I just, yeah, it's drawn me closer to God. And, you know, wanting to go after it and pray for other people. Mm,
1: yeah, That's beautiful. It's really beautiful. You, um, the fruit of perseverance in your life is so tangible. There's Mm -hmm. such faithfulness and gratitude and hope and courage and strength that you have to offer everyone around you. It's one of the things that I think we can easily forget while we're in a trial is that it's producing fruit in us. Mm -hmm. That, like, you look, there's so many ways you look like Jesus. And so much of that has been carved out from the journey that you've been on.
0: I think one of my greatest mottos is there's nothing I can't do.
1: Mm. Wow. That's, if we all thought that, the world would be a better place. (laughs) When (laughs) did you come up with that one, Kathy?
0: Oh, gosh. I think from the time I was really young, Mm. you know, people would say, a girl can't do that or you can't do that. And it's like, oh, watch me. (laughs) It was, became a challenge. <laughs> I, I don't know that. if that's good or bad. But, yeah, but um, and if I can't physically do something or mentally do something myself, I'm tethered to somebody that can. Mm-hmm. I have friends in my life. I have family. I have my husband. That mm-hmm. if I can't do it by myself, by golly, the people around me
1: can help me get it done. I love that.
0: There's always a way. That's
1: so good.
0: And I I that's something I think about all the time. I get stuck in the hard spot. It doesn't matter if it's at work or, or whatever, if I'm doing a project and I get into hard hard spot, I'll just tell myself, there's always a way. This will get done. There's
1: always a way. Mm-hmm. So just sometimes you have to look for it. So true. And especially with God, there's always a secret option C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that isn't obvious right away. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's there. It's so true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Abby, you're not um, one that has walked away from perseverance (laughs) through trials and testing. That's the truth. You've had your share of ups and downs. Mm. Um, Why don't you tell me about a few of those?
1: Well, um, I—I mean, I think we all have. We all have a story. The older you get on the earth, the more you can't avoid having <laughs> gone story. through a trial. <laughs> we all have a story. Um, for me, I um, I grew up in a really dysfunctional home and then uh, w- had health issues. My mom was mentally and physically ill my whole life. And then I started having health issues that were pretty, by 12, were pretty bad. And um, have struggled with them since then on and off. So for the last 25 years. And um, no cure for it. But um, has dramatically affected my life. So um, lots of seasons, like you said, where you feel hopeful and empowered. Like you can take over the world. And then seasons where I've had to quit everything and have been on the couch and watching everybody else take over the world. <laughs> it feel, sometimes it feels like I'm on like in a basketball game where like sometimes I'm the starter and sometimes I'm on the bench. <laughs> but either way, I'm watching a game happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean like lots of things along – I mean I, I am my mom's legal guardian at this point in our life. Um, I'm an only child and she has dementia. Wow. And so um, I take care of her and – um yeah so there's been i mean what part of I could name trials for like a whole podcast, but those um, are a few of them. Abby, you are the most upbeat person
0: that I have ever known. <laughs> you give oh. more compliments to people you will you'll stop me all the time you see me and just for a minute go over all the things that you love about me yeah. and that you see in me. But you don't do it just to me, you do it to everybody. How do you stay so upbeat when you're dealing with, you know, situations like your mom and your health and yeah hurting inside? How how do you how are you so energetic with your words and your expressions on your face and your
1: compliments? How does that work? Well, I will say that I cry a lot on my free time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, well, I want to make it no because it's kind you of like what you do. said. Yeah. There is a there's the times where I can have joy because I also can have pain. Like my ability to grieve the hard things is what enables me to have joy. I think if I if I just tried to fake being joyful all the time, then it would not be sustainable long term. Mm-hmm. But For me, one of the things, and it's a coping mechanism probably that I do, like one of the ways for me to have hope and perseverance is to think about everything that I am thankful for and to think about things that I like. It's the same verse, whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is noble, think on these things. And so for me, one of the things I think about in my free time is what I love about people. What I love about what they're like, what I love about how they interacted with me or what I love about who I see them as. And it's it's like a happy place in my mind to go to when things are really hard is, uh, you know, love is the thing that probably lifts the burden of suffering off the most to me. I've been through a lot of things, but when you're feeling loved, even if the circumstances haven't changed, it is so much lighter and if you're feeling alone, <laughs> the circumstances haven't changed. and so when i when I think about like, what does God love about this person or um and what does he see? I feel like I'm getting to touch a part of of who He is and connect to love That's really cool. And so getting to share that with people feels like a way that I am getting to enjoy my life. It feels like a way that I'm still living. I'm like, oh, I. You know what always works is my observation skills. <laughs> like if my body hurts, I can still be laying in the on the couch in in the conference room watching Kathy Valatin close worship and I can be thinking about how beautiful her relationship is with Jesus. And I can be living in gratitude in that moment. And so I think it's the same thing you said about purposefully choosing what you're thinking about and what you're engaging on and finding that relationships. I think when you've had a lot of things stripped away from you, you know that connecting to people is one of the things that makes you richest. Mm-hmm. And so, being able to have personal moments with people is what feels like you're. I'm still thriving in the midst of a lot of hard things.
0: You are one amazing.
1: Oh, thank yeah, you, think, thank you so I much. Just love
0: your encouragement, your smiles in the midst of your pain. Mm. You're just so uplifting. I've never, ever, ever, ever come across a person like you. And I hear that from many people
1: that know you and love you. Thank you. What's your greatest dream? Oh, man, what a question to pull out, Kathy. (laughs) Oh, my greatest dream. That's, you probably even told me that that was coming and I just... My greatest no dream. I just kind of sprung it on. Yeah, you sprung that on me. <laughs> I just I'm have like, a few more minutes. So oh, I thought, Okay, that's a good question. You don't have to go into a lot
0: of detail, but what, what, do you, what do you dream about?
1: You know, I think I just... My greatest dream is to be... You. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my greatest dream is kind of where you're at in life. Like, I think I'm so looking forward to where you... You've loved and poured into so many people and you have both the strength that you're giving into the world and the strength that you're pouring into the people around you giving into the world. And I just think it's, that's probably, I don't have a specific, like I want it to look like this. I just, I love loving people and doing things together on purpose and the family that you've created, you've created a family legacy that is unbelievable, um, and so beautiful from where you and Chris's family came at. So I think that is in my in my dreams is creating a family legacy, that um, that breaks through the molds of what we came from. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things that I'm learning to do is to enjoy the seasons of life that I'm in. So good. It's always it's you know really easy to say, I wish I was in my 40s again. <laughs> or I wish <laughs> I was in my 50s again or whatever. Uh-huh. And people will often ask, what was your most favorite time mm.
1: you know, in life? Mm-hmm.
0: And for me, I think it's just kind of blocks of time. There's something beautiful in every single block of time. I love that. But we need to live for not only for tomorrow, but we need to live for today and mm-hmm. enjoy the things that the Lord brings into our life mm-hmm. and just to be happy with where we're at in life because – so many times, God's giving us these little gifts and we never even see them because yes. we're so looking for something. The, in the next thing, the next big thing. When there's all these little things that God's lined up for us that we we just cruise over. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm learning how to open my eyes and just live in the here and now mm-hmm. and enjoy what God has for me now. I love that knowing that just because we're getting older doesn't mean we're diminishing.
1: We're getting better. I remember hearing you speak about that at a conference once. Um, and it felt so liberating the idea of like, and it's true. Every age you think you want, some, I remember being a teenager and all I wanted to do was be an adult. And now oh, I'm yeah. like, why, why does anybody <laughs> want to be no. an adult? <laughs> Let's go back to being teenagers and kids. Exactly. And, uh, and every age is like that. I look back, you know, when I, when you're 27 and you think like, oh, I don't have anything figured out. And now I'm like, oh, 27 was actually not that bad. Yeah. and um, Or like you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I would have liked my body then because now I think that that body looked great. I, exactly. I made this decision. I was like, God, I don't want to be one of those people that always looks back and loves something I didn't love in the moment. Exactly. I want to love in this moment. So when I look back, be like, oh, I loved myself in my 30s, in my 40s. Yeah. I loved that time. Yeah, I'm not loving it just because I'm past it now. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Memories are great, but in the moment is wonderful. Making new memories. Yes, you know, we we all need to keep making new memories, and mm-hmm. that's what you know. My sons teaching me.
1: I love that,
0: Abby. Thank you so much. Oh, thank for you. Just being willing to come and share.
1: I just love you so I much love you too.
0: So, and thank you all for listening to my podcast and um the book the good the god and the ugly is on a pre-sale right now
1: the good the god and the ugly that's such a catchy name isn't it yes everybody
0: talks about the good and the god but the ugly oh yeah girl so pre-order on my website kathyvalatin.com um and i will talk to you again